1: Good evening, thank you for listening. It's Friday the 6th of August, and my name's Charlotte Greenway. This week, we saw the return of impressive Breeders' Cup winner Tanawa on Thursday, when she won by six and a half lengths. And we also got our first look at the Melbourne Cup entries, which we'll be talking about later on in this episode. But first off, we'll start with the main two-year-old race of the weekend, the Phoenix Stakes in Ireland, for which railway stakes winner Go Bears Go is expected to go off a warm favourite. And he'll be a first Group 1 runner for trainer Dave Nan who spoke to Nick on Wednesday.
0: Were you in any way surprised by what he did at the carry? You came out of Ascot and went into that race quite bullish, but he, he beat a very good horse of Fozzie Stacks really very easily.
2: Um, no, I wasn't surprised, to be honest. No, he, he did exactly what we thought he was capable of doing. Um, that's what I thought he'd do going through Alaska, Ascot, and he did it on his side, and that's what we thought he'd do. I suppose it was the obvious question mark of backing him up nine days later. Um, but he felt well enough at home for it not to be a concern and um, you know he, he, he proved that on the day so no no, I wasn't as to be
0: honest you, Just sort of take me back to when you first got this horse from the from the breeze ups and when he first came to you, when you first clapped eyes on him, did you immediately know that he was very very good?
2: Um, yeah, it was a fair idea um, Rob Sinaguerra who, who, who breezed him taught an awful lot of him and spoke very highly of him and um, Joe sure, O'Neill who rides, him every day sat on him the first day, and he fell in love with him there and then. And I rode him a couple of days later, and I thought, wow, there was just something a bit different about him. Um, I think it was the way he walked was was the first thing that caught my eye. He just it's in unison, you know, when he walks, every part of his body moves from his ear to his tail, and it just everything this lovely rhythm. And he's real walking like, and liking. it's just he just seems class for us.
0: And I suppose when you've got a horse who's won twice over over five furlongs, you think, well. I want them to be more than just raw pace, I want them to keep progressing, keep growing, keep developing. Did you believe he was the sort of horse who had that sort of physical scope to be able to do that?
2: Yeah, we always felt he'd be better over six. Um, when Rosser rode him the first day in Ascot, the first thing he, he said was he'd be better over six. Um, we just knew we had so much early pace that we thought the Norfolk was the right option at the time. Um Step up to six you no know, concern for French to occur he, He's just he's such a great mind. He switches off in his races and he wastes no energy. So you know he has got loads of speed. But when you ask him to drop the price and that saves some energy, conserve it, he will do that. So he's um, he, he's a very easy horse to train in
0: that sense. And this race on on Sunday, yes, it, it looks an interesting race. You've got an unbeaten horse of of J Lyons is in there, Beauty Inspire, and clearly you've got uh, Aiden and Joseph's representatives as well. Uh, but it doesn't look terrifying for a Group 1, I I would suggest.
2: No. No, it doesn't. Um, I can only compete at this, um, I, I don't know, it's our first ever runner in a Group 1 and I'm, I'm going there quite confident, um, which isn't something I thought I'd ever be in a position to say. Um, we've beaten a lot of them already. Um, Obviously, Lines' horse is unbeaten and then close Joseph's, but um, I, I feel we're we'll supposed to be good in this race, um, and we'll be going pretty confident um, that there is a bit of rain around, which okay, it's not going to be to be all an end we, we prefer the ground, but obviously, we on soft ground previously. Um, look, if he turns off the same horse or so, even slightly better, I, I think he'll take all the beating. No, something in the race is going to have to take a big step forward again, which is possible.
0: In terms of what happens after this, if it all goes smoothly, have you plotted your way to the end of the year at all?
2: Um, uh, yes, no, uh, not really. You know, I suppose the, the, the target now, after he won the railway, the target was to many Group One. So that that's all about Sunday. Um, he'll take an entry today for the we've got an entry for the Reef from yesterday He'll take an entry today for the pre-morning. Um, obviously Breeders' Cup is in the back of our mind. Um, look, we've we've kind of. Ammo Racing are very, um, they're very forward-thinking, and, and, and you know Kia and, and Peter Wani, the owners, we've said from day one we would put everything on the table, and you know we would put all all options on the table. We would give him multiple entries, and we have just taken each each race as, as as they come.
0: And I, I see you've you've acquired Devil Waller from Ammo Racing as well. Who's had I think you're I think you might be his fourth trainer now or third trainer. Anyway, uh, how how's he settled in?
2: Yeah, settled in great. Um, he did a, a long, tough season last year. Um, he ran some very high quality races. And, you know, it's just kind of we're, we're just going to go back to basic, a little bit, and try and get his head in front and get his confidence up, and, and just see how we go from there. Um, he doesn't give you an awful lot at home. He's quite lazy at home, but he's a lovely horse to have in the yard. And if we can, um, if we can get his head right and get him enjoying himself, fingers crossed, we
1: can get a few more on the board
2: with him.
0: Great stuff. Well done, uh, Dave. Thanks very much for talking to me. Thanks very much, Nick. Appreciate it. Take it easy.
1: In France on Sunday, we see the return of July Cup winner Starman in the Prix Maurice de Guise. And re-opposing him is 2017 winner Brando, whose trainer Kevin Ryan was delighted with his run at Newmarket
3: really good race in July Cup and uh, it wasn't his favourite ground um, we were in two mines his run and I thought he's, uh, he, he showed up very well on ground that wasn't in his favour he's uh, th- hopefully there's plenty of rain around in Deauville and um, it's his favourite soft ground uh we know he's, he's a good to track so uh, he's already a winner about Hamarse East and if he's another year older he seems to have retained all his ability.
0: Was there ever a, a point in his career where you thought he was he was on the downgrade that you you wouldn't get him back to this level of ability?
3: Uh, you know he's um, I think the only times he's ever started to run this uh, disappointing is when he hasn't had his favorite ground. And, um, but we always said, we, if he ever showed us any signs that he wasn't up to that grade anymore, then you know the day that would stop with him. You know he's been a, a fantastic horse and he's over a million pounds in prize money, and uh, he's been a great servant to the yard. So we'll do what's best by him. But at the moment, he's still in his homework. He still loves. He enjoys his work and uh, loves going racing. And um, as we saw in the July Cup, that he he still retains all his ability.
0: Well, the July Cup was was a bit of a surprise to me, Kevin. Even if it wasn't to you, because the ground was was really quite quick. I, and I, I went back through, and he recorded his highest racing post rating by some way in the July Cup on fast ground since 2018, when he'd been second in the same race. I mean, did that did that surprise you a little bit? It,
3: it did because. Because you know, I only decided literally half an hour before the race. I okay? think take his chance and he just felt to safe ground and he didn't particularly come down the hill grave you know Tom had to just hang on to him and, but when he hit the rising ground he, he really picked up and uh, um, you know it was, it was
0: uh, very encouraging going forward and of course he was only beaten a nose in the champion sprint last year a group one race on very soft ground That six and a half furlongs at Deauville I mean if only every race was six and a half furlongs he'd be he, he'd have won most of those 18 group ones wouldn't he
2: yeah, look,
3: he's um, he, he doesn't stay, we tried 7 furlongs, and he doesn't stay it um, and the 6.5, because of his tactics, he, he's still you know, you can't ride him any closer to the pace he loves that, just being, you know tucked away and, you know just waiting for a finishing kick and you'd have thought as he's got older he maybe wants to ride him a bit differently And but I've tried that as well and it, it just, he's still the same horse as he was as, as a 5-year-old, you have to ride him the exact same way
0: just give me some idea as, as to the status of this horse in the yard Kevin
3: oh, he's um, you know he, he's he's a legend you know not, I don't think one person walks past his box they stopping and saying hello to him you know all, all the staff here love him and Tracy has looked after him since from the day he arrived in the yard you know it's, it's, it's Tracy is like, like like her child you know um she 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 she'd she, she, she sleep with the horse you know um, when he goes away racing she just she's so passionate about him and she's, she's very protective of him to be fair um, so when a horse you know puts that start with Mark on a on yard and, and the people in it and, and the people involved in it including daughters and, you know they're, they're very special horses you know and, uh, I think what a, lot of the, a lot of the outside world don't see within a racing yard I mean how, how much, uh, how much they mark these horses leave on us you know and how how much we miss him when, when they do not have to do the job for us anymore um, but like when he does the day that comes for his retirement he will, he will have a very very good retirement and uh, for the rest of his life he'll be he'll be he'll look after like
0: a king oh, so well put uh, do you believe in your heart of hearts and you know this horse so well that there could be one really really big day one group one day still in him
3: I definitely think. Yeah, uh, I, I said going down to Ascot to to, to pay Dange last year, and I said, you know, this could be the day. Um, he was so well going into the race, and the conditions, and and uh, how close did he come? You know, to, to short as the short heads. You know, And, um, and you know, he, I, I you never write him off. Funny enough, as soon as the press write him off, he seems to bounce back and bite him. You know, um, which you do, which you do on a regular basis. But uh, I, I always let him do the talking, and he, he seems to always he he, he seems to always roar very loud and and come back fighting. And um, no, he's a he's a wonderful, wonderful horse.
0: Well, if he speaks on Sunday as well as you've just done about him, then he'll nearly win the race, Kevin. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. pleasure.
1: On Tuesday, we found out that just 15 European horses have been entered in this year's Melbourne Cup, and Nick spoke to Lee Jordan of the Victoria Racing Club to get his thoughts.
4: I think with everything that's gone on, obviously, with uh, Racing Victoria did the injury review. They've introduced, um, you know, more diagnostic testing for international horses coming out here, which I know hasn't been well received. And um, can I say on that front, um, you know, the club values our international participation i mean we really rely on internationals coming here so that it was not put in place to deter people coming here we want europeans to be running in our race we have 750 million viewers around the country around the world sorry that, that tune into the melbourne cup and it has made the race international participation and um Look at when you bring in these sorts of measures there are a reaction and I'm hoping that you know when we review it after this cup that we can maybe there's some tweaking that Racing Victoria can be done you know, can do to these measures and we can see more participation. but really 15 under that situation also COVID which is difficult for people to travel. Um, you know we've got a really good spread of international nominations Spanish mission Andrew balding who you know won the Yorkshire Cup ran third in the Ascot Gold Cup and Joseph has nominated Twilight Payment that won the Melbourne Cup last year and he's a couple of other nice horses, Baron Semity that won the Group 2 Belmont Cup in the US and and Benno, a three-year-old that ran a a nice race behind Kamari in the Queen's Vars. So um, it it is a really nice breed of horses.
0: You've got representation from... Or potential representation, anyway, from a a decent spread of trainers. Just looking here, Dave O'Mara, Roger Varian, David Simcock, Charlie Fellows, Johnny Murtagh, as you say, Andrew Balding, Martin Mead's Lone Eagle, the three-year-old in there as well, potentially interesting runner. However, there is no Aidan O'Brien. Were you reconciled to that already? How much dialogue had you had with him about whether he was going to enter horses in the Melbourne Cup? Yes, um, Aiden. Look,
4: Aiden has his view on, on the measures, and we respect that. And he indicated to us, uh, the club. Um a while ago, a month or six weeks ago, that um, he would be entering, nominating any horses. So we we knew that that was the case. And um, as I said, hopefully we'll get through the carnival, see how this all works. Racing Victoria do a debrief, we'll examine how everything went, see how these horses come through, and um, yeah, there could be some tweaks that, that we may have to do to um, uh, to these requirements. But I mean, we we had to do something um we couldn't continue with the deaths in the race i mean i said before the the amount of people that watch the race from around the world uh we have to make it our safest race um that's not uh again saying that we won't review it afterwards there could be some changes
0: So at the moment, it's a scintigraphy and a standing CT scan before horses leave for Australia. And then there's a standing CT scan on arrival. From what you know, would you be confident that any issues would be picked up before horses fly so that there wouldn't be the situation we had a couple of years ago whereby horses trained by Godolphin and Huey Morrison would arrive in Australia and then suddenly something would show up?
4: think Nick, that's probably one of the other reasons for doing it, so we don't we don't have that situation. Uh, it's, it's not great for trainers and connections to travel all the way out here um, and and you know then find out there's an issue. So hopefully that will. Be the case, but look, you know, there's um, very good horsemen all around the world that know their horses, and will probably know um, how they go with the testing. So, uh, but you're right; that's that's why uh, part of the reason for introducing it so that they don't have to make the trip out here and then find out an issue.
0: So, it I'm not saying this is an experimental year. But- but you're almost feeling your way back into an increased international participation that's what it feels like to me you you're, you're starting with quite a harsh policy and then sort of trying to nuance your your way to something that would be maybe acceptable to, to more people is that is that what you're sort of hinting at
4: <laughs> look that's that's my view and um you know I, I there's obviously the Racing Victoria Veterinary Panel and um, the stewards that will have to review it. But I think, um, let's, as I said, let's see how it goes, see how horses um, come out, um, how the system works. Uh, we'll obviously keep in contact with our trainers as we have been and connections, see how it all goes. And, you know, yeah, there may be some tweaks that we can do, um, some minor changes um, to what, what we've introduced. And hopefully that may, you know, that may uh, be the way forward.
0: Lee, what's Melbourne Cup Day going to feel like in, in 2021?
4: Well, it's interesting, Nick, because last year we obviously didn't have a crowd. We were impacted by COVID. Uh, We have a lot of planning within the club. We are um, trying to plan for uh, $60,000, $60,000, 60,000 crowd every day, a derby, cup, uh, oaks, and final day. Um, There's a lot of work to be done. We had a lockdown recently here in Victoria with COVID. We're over that. Uh, We're working closely with the government. Uh, We would have seen Royal Ascot uh, go through similar uh, scenario we're looking at you know, what measures we can put in place till we get 60,000 so we really want to crowd back um, we sort of see it in our discussions with the government that this, the events, the Melbourne Cup could be the way out of this whole COVID situation and a chance for Victoria to get together and really celebrate um, you know, the Melbourne Cup and just you know coming out of COVID
0: Lee, thanks so much for your time today
1: and so that's all for this episode Tom Stanley will be filling in for Nick next week, and so he'll be with you on Monday morning. I hope you have a lovely weekend. Thank you for listening.
0: You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.